Hey guys, I wanted to give you something a little extra special because of the mishap I had a couple weeks ago with the True Blue slash Who's That Girl tour episodes. Um, but DJ Joey and I recorded this episode about You Can Dance back in November. So you will hear some outdated things that are said when we're kind of talking about what Madonna is doing at that moment. Um, but when we finished recording, I don't know if I was 100% completely happy with it, and there were plans to re-record it. Um, I don't know, perhaps we weren't as drunk as we were when we recorded the first three episodes. Um, but uh, as I go back and listen to it now, I, I think it sounds great, and I love hearing about DJ Joey's DJ career and everything. So I'm really excited to present this to you guys as a bonus episode, and it kind of starts to fill in some of the gaps um, that I may have left out when Cabe and I were recording. But what I did want to do is provide a couple of corrections on those last episodes that a listener had sent in, and uh, this is from at Witsa Marie Vogt on Instagram from Brussels, Belgium. And what they want to point out is uh, they think there's an inaccuracy on Wikipedia when they say uh, how many fans were in attendance at that Wembley Stadium performance of Who's That Girl? Um, so not exactly sure what that attendance was, but they don't think it was over 200,000 fans. Um, because in Paris, it was 130,000. Uh, one of the other things that they pointed out is you know, towards the end, what we, Cabe and I didn't really talk about, but towards the end of the Who's That Girl tour, especially in the European countries, you hear um, during the encore section, there's a lot of silence uh, while they're starting to set up or while Madonna's backstage, either changing, catching her breath, getting a drink of water or something. And you hear the audience just like roaring and clapping and stomping. And and in some places, uh, I believe in Italy is where they do the ole, 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 ole. Um, so that's just like another kind of tidbit that's out there where it gives you an insight to to some of the crowds out there, especially in the European crowds where they just like go crazy and love her. The last thing I wanted to bring up is Cabe and I didn't go into detail about the the two boys that Madonna interact with on the video for Open Your Heart, as well as the other boy who traveled with her for Who's That Girl, but um, Felix Howard was the boy in Open Your Heart video. He wanted to go on tour with her, but apparently he wasn't asked. Uh, and then instead, it was Chris Finch who appears on the Who's That Girl tour, but he was also in the Who's That Girl video along with Shabadoo, the dancer that was on tour. One other thing I want to quickly point out is Witsa mentioned that the Like a Virgin medley that is performed on the Who's That Girl tour is sort of not really a medley, only because... Like a Virgin and Material Girl are performed in their entirety. Dress You Up is the only one that's a little bit shortened. But I'm guessing they called it a medley just because those songs just went back to back and kind of merged into each other, sort of. Um, that's the only thing I can think of, of of why they called it a medley. So thank you, Witsa. Thank you for listening and sending in those corrections for me. Please enjoy this bonus episode and let me know what you think. Talk to you guys soon.
Welcome back, everyone, to the Madonna Get Together podcast. I'm your host, Wayne, and I have a returning guest. I've got DJ Joey back. Woohoo! Hi, everybody. Welcome back. How are Thanks. you? Thanks. Good, good. It feels like forever since we've been here, but I'm super excited. I know. And then the last time, um, I was slurring my words as I I'm sure a lot. we both were. But By that's the time okay. we got to GHV2 and Celebration, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. We could have gone longer, I remember. Mm-hmm. And we were like, all right, we pr- we're slurring too much. And I was out of wine, so it's probably <laughs> time to call it a night. Well, I'm glad to have you back because, and I know that we're doing this during a pandemic, but mm-hmm. you know. Um, I saw you at the Booga Woods. The what? The Booga Woods. What's that? The horror house we did. Oh right. my gosh. So, <laughs> yes, guys, we tried to do a haunted forest. It's everyone has to wear a mask. Uh huh. Um, we, we tried to do this thing and we were there for four hours just to get inside. Three and a half yeah. of those was standing in line. Yeah. And it was the worst experience. One Horrible. of the worst experiences. We thought we were being wow. very responsible and social distancing. It's outside. Huge mistake. Huge. Huge. <laughs> yeah. So um, by the time this comes out, the election would have already happened. So dun, I'm dun, wondering. Dun. By the time this comes out, she'll have fucked you over. <laughs> Mine from Truth or Dare. Right. Um, so welcome. We're going to talk about You Can Dance. Uh, let's talk about some of the things Madonna's been doing. She mm. dyed her hair pink. I love so, it. Uh, I love she it. looks great. She looks fantastic and she black leather with glasses caught singing a line from <sighs> waiting. waiting yeah it's like everybody was saying oh she did like three or four lines from into the groove i'm like yeah but she's sung into the groove a million times right. it's certainly not i love into the groove i'm sure we're going to talk about that briefly oh, um we won't of course we will briefly we'll um, be talking about a lot of that yeah i love into the groove but waiting to get a little love and i don't even know that she planned that because she didn't even say the word waiting it was which she line didn't. it was she was don't go breaking my heart and that was it like you said you would. i don't even know if she said like and you I, said you would i think she did i think that was the extent of it she took a sip of her rosé and then she it just it's it it seems so genuine like it just popped in her head yeah and then it was gone and I love that I love that it's there that makes me feel like maybe she has um, beep beep hey I live in the city so um, <laughs> you guys are gonna hear cars. but it made me feel like she loves that song or maybe I don't know one day we'll get it yeah somewhere well what we've been noticing though is over the past. Um, I would say months mm-hmm. we've been getting kind of like I, I don't know if you want to call them surprises but um, like hu- all the remixes from Human Nature yes. were released all the remixes from music were mm-hmm. released um, Erotica Erotica Panky 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 why? I mean like, I'm living don't get me wrong I think we're we're in the midst of all these um, anniversaries that yeah. are coming up yeah. um, and the, she's writing the screenplay and she's writing the screenplay but I think I don't know. Maybe um, something's happening with Warner Brothers where they're finally starting to digitize their archive Mm -hmm. of some of these things. And that one just like, oh, Madonna, uh, Erotica's ready. Why? Yeah, who knows why. And it's the 28th anniversary. It's not like it's the 30th anniversary. It's not a big deal. I mean, Mariah Carey's doing something. I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Even though we all have all that. And I have it digitally because I've made it digital myself. So I'm sure you have too, yeah. but it's still just to see it and um, 
know that it is the best quality possible um, it is really great. We know Mariah Carey's been doing something mm -hmm. similar. She's put out stuff I didn't even know exist, which has been really, really amazing for, for a fan. But I just kind of wonder if it's like, okay, Madonna's sitting there writing her screenplay and someone says, oh, yeah, the Madonna's in my Jeep mix of erotica. And yeah. it says, oh, I've never heard that. And she's like, what do you mean you never heard it? Like, this is all the fantasy in my head. And she's probably like, well, you just can go to Spotify and listen to it. And I'm like, yeah, no, you can't. Like, I just wonder <laughs> how much she knows what's out there. And I just envision her being like, pointing at someone over the corner, like, well, make sure that's available. That should be available. Yeah. I'm sure it's not that simple. Who knows why we're getting it, but um, I'm thankful. And then Hung Up had its 15th year mm -hmm. anniversary. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, those remixes are out there. I, I don't know if they were already out there or if they just... They were Hung Up, there. actually. This is... We're, we're, we're sailing into really great waters because um, Hung Up was the first... Um, single that was released digitally. digitally. Like on iTunes. Yes, including the remixes. You could buy the remixes. Like I, as a DJ who collected remixes, I never had to go find that. It was available. Did they not do that with American Life remixes? No. Oh, okay. iTunes, um, iTunes became, at its height, at its biggest popularity when everyone kind of jumped on the iTunes train mm -hmm. was 2005. Right. And I was never a huge iTunes user. I had an iPod, mm -hmm. but my thing was like, I only want my music collection on there. Right. And I already had the CDs, so I was like, I'll just rip the CDs and then put them on my iPod. Right. I was never like an iTunes user. Um, yes, it used to be like 99 cents a song. Right. And why would you put something, why would you buy something you already own? And, but yeah. then you, then very shortly after that, they, it became kind of well known how to put your own music on your own iPod. Mm -hmm. and, along with the songs you buy. But anyway, yeah, everything pre-2005 was not available digitally unless she has gone back and re-released it. So when you kind of think backwards into like reinvention, American life, music, ray of light, all that, um, none of that was released digitally. And we have a lot. I mean, she could do one every few months and we she yeah. could do that for years. Think of what, there's five, six singles from ray of light alone. And then we get into like the the old school sire, you know, um, mm -hmm. maxi singles and imports that some of them have been kind of thrown in on re-releases. Could you imagine? So, Prince or the Prince's estate just re-released "Sign of the Time," mm -hmm. um, his album. I saw you put that on like, Instagram. I did because that's one of my favorite Prince albums. Yeah. But the, the box set that they released was a, a vinyl box set where it had the album, yep. plus all of the 12-inch um, version vinyl of all his That's really cool. tracks. And I wish Madonna would do something like that for Like a Prayer. And yeah. Like a Prayer is the only one I really care about, but um, that's what I would... I would love to see all the 12 inches with the album like packaged and, right. and housed and together. And, all that. and I think they also had a 7-inch one, too. So all yeah. the 7-inch... Uh, singles were released as a pact. I think that one was done. For that I just too. don't think it's at the top of her priority list. It's I not think at the top of her priority list. Yeah, it's on the top of my I get priority it. list. I get it. <laughs> like, I don't know if we've talked about this in this podcast before, but I'm a huge Tori Amos fan. Like, mm -hmm. my my kind of link, you know, our order probably goes Madonna, Tori, and then into like Mariah, Janet, Kylie. Those are probably like my top five. There you go. But Tori, something very similar. There's so much stuff out there that could be released. 
and live things that we know are out there. We know that she recorded with the intention of putting it out there and have just never seen the day of light. Um, the day, the, the, the light, light of day. day. Thank you. Um, the please, ray of light. The ray of light. Please edit that later. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like you would put that in with Blonde Ambition and Reinvention and all the other stuff. There's so much yeah. more she could do that people would buy. Um, I just don't think it's at the top of her prior list. Madonna, thank God, at 62, is still looking forward and still trying to create yep. new work. And even when she does give a nod to the past, like she's doing right now with Hung Up um, and, and Confessions, mm -hmm. it's a slight nod. I mean, we're not getting a reissue. Have right. we ever had reissues besides the first two albums? The first three albums. Um, did True Blue get a reissue? Mm -hmm. It did. Okay. Um, no. It's, except in Japan where they did the um, the vinyl reproductions of a lot of the albums. Yeah. Uh, so that's the only... And, and the vinyls, which have been the reissues. Um, but as we were talking about before we started this podcast, the... Um, the vinyl of like a prayer. Mm -hmm. Once you get into like a prayer era, that's when the image quality yeah. started to kind of like suffer on some of these. Where um, I'm just confused because the first album and like like a prayer. I mean, like a virgin do have good image quality. So it's yeah. weird that the like a prayer one um, suffers. I even, feel like it's even some kind even of... slightly. It's like it shouldn't suffer as as much as. An earlier release. I it's an administrative mistake. I truly believe that. Like somebody on her team just missed it, and you guys need to get it together. Well, that happens a lot with her team. Yeah. Let's not get into that. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah. actually take it back into the eighties, and yes. let's go back. Are to, we going to talk about you can you dance? can dance? You can dance if you want to. All right. So, um, love it. Love everything about it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Let's play it. Well, I'm glad to have you back because um, there was one compilation mm -hmm. I wanted to speak to you in particular about in addition to the Greatest Hits compilations, mm -hmm. um, and that is the You Can Dance album. Yes. Um, and the reason why is because you are a DJ. Correct. And these are all kind of like remixes put mm -hmm. together in one compilation. Mm -hmm. And um, I also kind of want to talk to you about your DJ career and and your Madonna influence and and how people responded to you when you played Madonna on the dance floor because you <laughs> I would with or without you, you in the audience to. exactly <laughs> um, when you hear you can dance what's like the standout song that you uh, think of when you think of you can dance into the groove for sure into the groove because first of all this is 1987 right mm -hmm. um, so this is fresh off. You know, um, Into the Groove was like 85, 86. So it's, I think those dates are right. Um, so it's right off of that. And I know that the production that they did for Into the Groove for this, she was really proud of and she was really um, into. Um, so yeah. So when, to speak. So to speak, no pun intended. <laughs> but when I think of this, like, I just remember it being the first thing ever. I mean, there's been... A million dance compilations put out before 1987 and certainly with the disco era there was lots of extended versions but for those that may not know kind of the history of remixes and DJ mixes and things like that it wasn't until the really late 70s until beat matching was even a thing where uh, DJs would have two turntables set up and try to match the speed of two songs to make them 
you know, work together. And the whole purpose of that was that people wouldn't leave the dance floor. So there wasn't a pause in between songs or there was just this like continual feel of, of, of the music. And that uh, was gaining popularity in the early 80s. And um, before this kind of era, uh, remixes kind of didn't exist. Before this era, it was like extended. And I think it's fun to read about like Donna Summer extended remixes or things like that if you go on Wikipedia where they decided to create a disco version. So instead of, you know, getting on someone's software and making it and cutting it and extending it, like they would literally have the band in the studio and they would record a seven or eight minute version, or in Donna Summer's case, it's like 16 minute versions <laughs> of some of those songs so that they were dance floor friendly. Um, so anyway, fast forward to 1987. Re so beat matching had been out for really less than 10 years. This, this whole concept of mixing songs together kind of seamlessly. Um, and Madonna was the queen of the dance floor. She still is. And they, certain DJs were starting to uh, use computers to experiment with remixing as we know it today, which is chopping up, you know, the, the music and putting it back together or putting different backbeats or different instruments or, um, you know, repeating different phrases or different parts of the song is still very popular, you know, almost 30 years later. So um, I guess she enlisted, you know, the help of, of uh, it's Patrick Leonard and, and Jellybean. I believe, who did You Can Dance, um, so they set out for this project. But anyway, to answer your original question, when I think <laughs> about it, I think about putting on the CD, and it would just play from beginning to end. And with the exception of Spotlight, which is the opening track, um, they're all big hits of hers. Well, actually, not, really. We could talk about that, because they're not... She didn't include... To that point, some of her biggest hits. I mean, Lucky Star isn't on there. Right. Material Girl isn't there. Um, she went with some kind of deep cuts like Physical Attraction, which is one of my absolutely favorite Madonna yep. songs. Um, and Where's the Party and Over and Over. None of those were singles, right? Right. Um, I want to go back to something you said earlier, mm -hmm. but I want to also agree with you. Like, Into the Groove is the standout track for me. Mm -hmm. Mainly because... Um, in addition to the whole, like, Shep Pettibone mix of that, where it has, like, a lot of the piano that was recorded for this remix mm -hmm. and everything, um, it stands out to me, one, because You Can Dance is part of that's the I'm sure song. that's where she got that lyric. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, it also reminds me of the performance in Who's That Girl Tour. Yeah. Where she starts going, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Mm -hmm. um, so... That's why it always stands out for me, because whenever I think of You Can Dance, because she opens up that song on Who's That Girl Tour by saying, You can dance, you can dance mm -hmm. if you want to. So whenever I think of You Can Dance, that's the line that is said. So what's the timeline? Is this pre-Who's the Girl? Who's That Girl? Um, I believe it is afterwards. It was, This was released around Christmas time okay. of 1987, so it's after Who's That Girl Tour. Okay. Um, has already been, you know, done. Well, that's definitely um, the version on the tour. It's very right. similar. Um, and I like that you said that she included kind of these these non-hits, these mm -hmm. deeper tracks mm -hmm. that um, a lot of people would think like, oh, where where is like like a virgin or where is like Lucky Star? Um, Material so, Girl. Yeah. 
I think uh, probably these may have consciously been chosen for that reason. Like maybe they were, mm-hmm. maybe she liked these songs as dance songs and she thought they would be good on a compilation and you kind of like when Madonna put something out in 1987 you bought it regardless True. so it's not like she needed to pander or appeal to um, her audience because her audience was going to buy everything regardless, regardless. correct um, so I think it makes it it makes it easier for an artist to say like yes I'm this is what I want to put together and this is what I want to release um, yeah, I mean, she doesn't do anything unintentionally. So right. either these songs were chosen because of the theme, you know, of dancing and partying, or these were really great songs that maybe she thought needed another chance. You know, um, I think Where's the Party and Over 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 and Over are some of my favorite songs. Like, they could have been singles easily. And Where's the Party, she's clearly fond of because she did it in several tours, right? Yeah. She did in the Virgin Tour. Um, I'm sorry, that yeah. was... Um, oh, Where's the Party? She, yeah, Where's the Party uh, is on... Girl yeah, and Blonde, and Blonde Ambition. And Over and Over was on like Virgin, Virgin Tour. Yeah, and Virgin Tour. Is that the only time that one was ever done, Over and Over? I believe so. Okay. Um, but anyway, who knows why she chose those? Um, ironically, Physical Attraction was not done ever on any of the tours, except her, her promo tours for her first album, like when she was trying to get people to buy into mm-hmm. her um and i have such an infinity for that song like the uncle sam show i don't know if you've ever seen yeah. mm-hmm. that but like the way she sings physical attraction is just amazing but um but and ironically the version that's on this mix mm-hmm. is just the album version it's not remixed are you sure about that you don't think it's been spiced up, remastered? No, it's just the fade, the the fade out of dun, um, dun, everybody, dun, and dun, 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 um, the fade into over and over. Hmm. It's I really find it weird. hard to believe that and sprinkle a little something on top. Um, you're the DJ. <laughs> um, but what I wanted to go back to something mm-hmm. you said earlier is you were talking about this was kind of the infancy of of when DJs were using computers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that. I just assumed they were in the studio cutting tape mm-hmm. and like splicing it together, kind of like that's what I would imagine people are doing. Um, can you can you talk to more about that? Like, do you know more about that? Yeah, history? I mean, obviously, you know, I was such a wee child back then. No, um, <laughs> but as as far as what I understand, it was splicing up through computers, kind of. Think the best way to describe it, from what I understand, and I, you know, I I don't work on music on that level, but it's like copying, pasting, and just splicing things up and putting things back together. And the other thing that's notable that I remember reading about and doing research for this podcast, I was going back and reading some articles, is that um, when remixing and beat matching and all that were, were were getting really popular, she was actually very unhappy when people would remix her songs. She did not like it because she felt like you know, it's very Madonna. She felt like she was putting out a piece of art, a piece of work that she worked really hard on, and she didn't want it disassembled and put back together in a different way. Um, so maybe that was another reason for her to do something like this, is kind of for her, for her to control, you know, what was being put out there and her own remixes of it. Um, yeah, and I know she was very selective mm-hmm. when it came to who was remixing her stuff. Like, you know, there's... Um, because the, there was this whole thing with the first album, yeah. where it was... Um, 
remixed by one producer or mixed by one producer and then mm-hmm. they went back and, and mixed it with another like with Reggie Lucas and, and Jelly Bean yeah um, and then I think what you'd probably find is um, a lot of the remixes in the earlier days either would be like a Jelly Bean remix mm-hmm. or um, a Shep a, a Shep Pettibone remix right. around this time so it's um, it makes sense that she would be, hey, if you're going to remix my songs, I want to know what it's going to sound like. I want to be involved. I already right. know you can do it, so I'm going to trust you to do it. I'm not going to let anybody else. I'm not going to mm-hmm. commission anyone else to do it. Yeah. But it's great. It's one big Madonna party. I mean, you could literally put it on and just jam out in your kitchen or if you're having a party in your house. And it's just a Madonna party from beginning to end. It's It's one of my favorite pieces. It still is. To me, it's like old school Madonna at its best. And yeah, I do kind of wish like if she had thrown like a virgin on there or even Lysla Bonita, what it, what it would have sounded like. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. We got some deep cuts. Like you said, it is kind of short in length. Yeah. Especially without the dubs. Yes. Because if you got the original vinyl, mm-hmm. you didn't get like these dubs. Right. Um, it just at the end of where's the party, it's done. So you have the, the party's um, done. The, the seven tracks and yep. then that's it uh and then they were like split a certain way how, how are they split um i think after physical attraction um it would go you'd flip the record over and then you'd start with over and over mm-hmm. uh and then when they put it on cd you got these dub versions mm-hmm. which are in a way somewhat like instrumental of remixes yeah Correct. um and on the CD, you would get Holiday, Into the Groove, and Where's the Party. Mm-hmm. But if you got the cassette, you got something a little extra special. Yep. Um, where you got... Spotlight. Um, spotlight, dub, mm-hmm. and... Um, over and over. Over and over. But you don't get Where's the Party, dub. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you'd have to buy both versions. I'm sure I that mean... was the ploy. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> um... I want to talk about Spotlight because that was a new track mm-hmm. on there and it was written by um, the same people that wrote Holiday. So I think it was originally recorded for the True Blue album. Correct. But um, I think Madonna had said like it sound, she felt like it sounded too much like Holiday. Yeah. So she didn't want anything on True Blue to sound like anything she did previously. So that's why she didn't include it on there. Um but she gave us that treat mm-hmm. uh, by putting it on as the first track in um, on You Can Dance. Which was intended to be a, a single, but mm-hmm. was only released... We were talking about this before we started uh, recording. Where? Interna- uh, I'm just going to say internationally, because okay. I don't know. <laughs> that covers it. <laughs> um, I think in the U.S. it was not released uh, as a physical single. I don't know if um, about radio... Airplay, right? Um, because I was just a wee one in those days. Um, but there is a single version slash original version. I'm sure there was demos because it was supposed mm-hmm. to be on another album. But they did produce, you know, what we would know as a regular version, not an edit, not a cut, but a regular version that was then right. remixed and extended and played with for you can dance. And you can find that um, 
not only you're gonna, I'm sure you're gonna talk about the edit versions, but there is a spotlight single maybe out there. There somewhere? is a spotlight single. Okay. Um, I know there was a release in Japan and possibly European markets. Hmm. Um, and that included, uh, I don't know if that included the edit or not though. Uh, this is where I failed to do my research because I don't have that single, but I do have, um, a different version of rain, hmm. which I believe includes spotlight on there. Really? But like as a B side to the single or whatever. Yes, but it's a fade. It's a, it's no, it's actually the, you can dance version the album version so it just like weirdly abruptly stops hmm. interesting stuff um you know what else is interesting to talk about is the is the the kind of the look that she chose with the whole spanish kind of following you yeah. know what she did with la isla bonita and certainly um went over into um kind of the well the who's that girl tour was right before that but i mean we played with that into I mean, down to what she did in Madame X, it's been going on for a while. It's certainly been a um, a regular in her career. I mean, this is her kind of like who's that girl tour look. So, yes. Um, I'm a, I'm possibly thinking that um, the photography was done Ahead around time. that time. Yeah. Uh, maybe when she was doing promo shots for who's that girl tour, uh, she has kind of like. The bolero. She's she's wearing very Latin inspired clothes, um, and she did some Mitsubishi commercials. In That's right. Where she is wearing the same thing and has the same look. Um, and I, I forget what song they're using. Are they using Spotlight? I think so. I think so. But I one was for like. That. I just remember her putting, either a laser disc or a compact disc in a machine and then all of a sudden this light shined or something it's like a commercial. she's sitting there dancing she's it, it looks like the the same photo shoot where she's just kind of like dancing around and mm-hmm. in, in um a solid background um but it's always interesting it, that's very interesting because i think that may have been um the first time she also did uh, a commercial mm-hmm. for for like anything pre-pepsi pre pre-pepsi <laughs> Well, because that's worth mentioning, too, is that this was kind of like after You Can Dance and Who's That Girl Was Over and that kind of era um, was the first time in her career that she took a little bit of a pause. And we didn't kind of hear from her. I mean, looking back now, it was probably like six to nine months. But, you know, um, in her career, she's known to kind of, you know, go out and and pursue other projects or take a little bit of time off in between eras. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember at the time it felt like forever between this and like a prayer yeah there's nothing well, in between it was um well I, I you're right it, it was probably like because it was like two years right um you know you got this at the end of 87 and then throughout all of 88 you really didn't hear from her uh i believe she was doing that play mm-hmm. speed the plow but mm-hmm. i don't remember if that um happened towards the end of 88 or the beginning of 89. Somewhere in there, yeah. But I know that Like a Prayer came out, uh, what, in February of 89? Yeah. February or March of 89. Um, So, yeah, you got like a year of, of like no Madonna. 
there's a big buildup to like a prayer though, similar yeah. to like what they've done since then. I remember the Pepsi commercial was supposed to be part of that. Um, you know, David Letterman appearance with yeah, Sandra Bernard. Right. And I believe that this, I don't think any single physical releases of Like a Prayer came out before the album, but I believe that the song was definitely out a little bit on radio and maybe even the video. DJs. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Promos. Remix. We're prayers. sliding into 89. We're we ahead are. Of ourselves. But um, this was a good precursor mm-hmm. um, for her career because into uh, Like a Prayer because she totally changed her sound after this. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the transition between the first album and Like a Virgin was, you know, it was different, and she also had a different look, which made the transition a little bit easier. But, you know, some of the songs may not, like, sound too much like each other, Mm -hmm. because one's more of a dance album, one's more of a pop album, but, you know, they mix well together. Yeah. Um, And then when you go into True Blue, which was a totally different... Uh, look, she started using like a different register in her voice to start singing her songs. Yeah. But there are some um, some songs that kind of have the same kind of melodic uh, fun that she was using in Like a Virgin. So there's definitely some similarities um, in some of the tracks there. But when she went to Like a Prayer, like it, it totally changed. So this was kind of more of a, a good like mini greatest hits. Um, where yeah. they kind of made them dan- danceable. Like, you could play this in a club in 87. Absolutely. And, and people, people did. We just did. dance. Yeah. Um, I mean, this might be a good segue to the other topic I know you wanted to talk yeah. about, but um, I, I have been DJing since I was a kid. And one of the reasons I got into DJing is because as a child, as a child um, I would just love to sit in my room and play CDs and play my tapes and my records and just over and over and over. So at a certain age, my father decided to kind of shove me out there and got me gigs at like country clubs and dances and things like that, where he would literally set up a, like a folding table, much like this. (laughs) And we'd bring our CD player from home and the record player and the cassette player and the whole nine yards from like the living room. And he made me like a little office like sign, you know, the things like in the eighties where you go to someone's desk and be like the secretary's name. Um, and it said DJ Joey. And, um, but anyway, to, to your last point is that I remember specifically putting this on and just kind of letting it play if, you know, um, if need be, or someone just wanted to hear a couple Madonna tracks, you know, in a row. Um, so yeah, it definitely served that purpose. And I've been to many parties where it just kind of was put on in the background. As a matter of fact, I think next time we do dinner, we should just let it play. We should. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should have something else ready to go after that. Because <laughs> it's pretty short. For... <laughs> um, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about your DJ career. So yeah. you started out as a child. Mm-hmm. And yeah. What, like, was it like the late 80s, early 90s? No, it's definitely definitely the 80s. I would say like mid to late 80s, yeah. I was probably you know between 8 and... Wow. 10, 12, yeah. I was a kid. I had no idea what I was doing. My dad just thought it was cute and fun. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad he I'm glad he did because, I mean... Look at you now. Right, right, right. Um, but I know you're interested to hear kind of like how Madonna has made um, a, an effect on my DJ career, but I've always tried to incorporate it not only because I fucking love her 
and I want to give her all the, the, the love that I can when there's an audience listening, but uh, she is the queen of the dance floor, and um, whether it is a bunch of drunk Beckys who just want to hear some old-school Madonna, or, you know, especially in the 2000s, like, Madonna was reigning the, the gay club still, and they still wanted to hear her, to, you know, um, the last 10 years where I can still put something on, depending on the crowd, and it'll still be, you know, a dance floor packer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, favorites to play are, of course, Vogue. Um, I love to mix in Vogue, um, whether it is, like, the 12-inch, um, so that people get that feel of what it sounded like originally. There's been a lot of great house mixes over the years. Barry Harris, if you're listening, did an amazing, um, he called it the Rebel Heart Mix, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why. There's nothing Rebel Hardish about it except the time it came out. It was 2016. But that's one of my favorite ones. If you ever hear me play Vogue at Babes, that's the version I play. Um, Express Yourself is my go-to. If I want to get that reaction from the crowd, that come on girls, that that thing, and it's always um, a big hit. Those two songs. I'd love to play like Oh and Lies La Bonita. Of, of course, people always mm -hmm. love that. Um, and that's kind of fun to mix into other kind of uh, Latin-inspired music is kind of fun. So, yeah. Well, I like... Um, I've been at the club when you've played Madonna. Mm -hmm. but of course, that's only been with it <laughs> in the past year. But you get a lot of Madonna out there, and mm -hmm. I think I've even encouraged you to, like, hey, play this one. Yeah. And, and you're like, well, I don't know if the audience is feeling it. And like, they'll love it. Just they'll play. love it. Play it for me. <laughs> um but uh, you mentioned Vogue. I have mm -hmm. heard you play a lot of different mixes of it because mm -hmm. I, I have heard you play kind of like this the standard you yeah. know, 12-inch, mm -hmm. um, which, of course, people love because it's a classic. It's yeah. now considered a, a huge classic. Um, and I have heard you played one of those house mixes, and I'm guessing it's the one. The Barriers. Uh -huh. Which I don't have. Um, I think I've heard it on like XM Radio once or twice. Yeah, um, but it's then I heard white label bootleg. Yeah, Barry Harris is half of Thunderpuss. Yes, um, and then I've heard you play the um, Sticky and Sweet version. Yes, the, the four minute mix. Yes, the four minutes mix. Yeah, it's a mashup of the 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 Timbaland beats from Four Minutes. Yes, yep. which is um, gosh, that's hot. I, I love that. I love playing that one. That one's for me. If you hear me play that, that's for me. Um, but yeah, and I've actually played that and then mixed it into four minutes, which is always fun. But I've always tried to give her some promo. If there's a new Madonna song, regardless of, you know, the popularity of that song or her at the moment, I've always tried to give whatever song um, is kind of out at the moment some love on my podcast, my mixes. I always try to include um, the song if there is one um, out at the time. I will say there was a time where... Um, you know, the remixes were got a little too housey for me. A little, maybe not housey, because I love house music as deep as it can get, but um, when things got into, like, the 11-minute version of what it feels like for a girl, <laughs> um, I just couldn't get down with that. I think that that whole era was a little too techno-y for me, mm -hmm. um, a little bit too Nations, DC, you know, circa 2001 for me. Yeah. Um, like, music. Here's a good example. When I play music, I play the album version. Or I play a version that I've kind of remixed and cut up and put back together myself that sounds more like a 12-inch or an extended mm -hmm. because all of the remixes that were put on the single, which now she's put out um, streaming, which we could probably do a whole other thing about what, what, what she's doing now. I think that's interesting. But 
the music remixes are all so techno-y. The Victor Calderon, which is hot if you're standing in the middle of that kind of like environment with yeah. the lasers and the lights. But um, yeah, fast forward to 2020, what is a girl supposed to play when someone wants to hear music? You know, you're not, if I put on the Victor Calderon mix of music at Babes, they would look at me like I had four eyes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I play the, the house, I mean the, uh, the album version of that most. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, apologize for the noise. I live in the city and <laughs> in a two-story house. So city folk. there's a lot of traffic that comes by and there's yeah. a lot of people that play like bassy music or <laughs> they ride their motorcycles through here. Um, what would you say is your favorite era of remixes mm. from Madonna? Like if you had, if you had to say, and it's just kind of like an overall kind of like remixes from a certain album, maybe not it's tough. Or do you you're gonna have love a favorite this, remix? You're gonna love this answer, but it's probably like a prayer, yeah. Because um, <laughs> that's what I'd go with. Also, of course you would. <laughs> but express yourself and like a prayer. You know the mixes that were put together for the remixed prayers EP mm -hmm. um, were just fucking genius and they are still relevant today and even though they might sound a little um dated they still like if i play express yourself out that's the version i play um and you know she's done that version live um you know i love the version that's on the album the like a prayer version with the with the horns and all that um which i believe is in the video but that remix just slays and it's 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 everything it's always been my number one, and it, it makes "Express Yourself" probably one of my favorite Madonna songs. It's definitely in the top three up yeah. there. But that era, for sure. I mean, there was "Keep It Together." Those mixes were great. That was really fun. Um, and then that's that era kind of to me slides right into "Blonde Ambition" and right. "Vogue" and um, the "Rescue Me" rem remixes were a little techno-y. Um, but I think that the Titanic vocal, I think it's called, it's like the, the one that's like very just, um, I'm talking. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's very like low key. Yeah. It's way um, too long. Um, <laughs> and then, it, and then of course the erotica, I would say, I would say like a prayer in erotica that late eighties, early nineties, cause erotica had some really great work done right. on, um, the title track and, uh, deeper and deeper. Oh, that was so yeah. good. Well, if you think about it, and I guess she still does this now, but usually one of the remixes that you'd find on one of the maxi singles, mm -hmm. you'd also hear her do live. Yeah. She'll do that version. Living so, for Love. Living for Love was one of those. Mm -hmm. But um, Express Yourself, mm -hmm. Like a Prayer, mm -hmm. um, Keep It Together. Celebration. Give Celebration. It to me. I'm, ta I'm talking. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking about, uh, you know, earlier, even earlier, yeah. that's, that's kind of where you first started hearing it. Well, actually, it actually goes back to our original topic mm -hmm. with um, Into the Groove for, yes. from the You Can Dance um, was, was like, that was the version that you'd hear on, um, on the Who's That Girl Tour. But you didn't hear that remix prior to the live version because <laughs> there wasn't any remixes released for Into the Groove when it first came out. It was the album version because it, it was a B-side to Angel because they right. didn't release it as technically as a single into the groove. No. I want to say 
that there was an extended version, or maybe even if it wasn't labeled as an extended, if you looked at the times, I think some of them were longer than others. Um, I'd be scared to push play because things would just start <laughs> going. Um, I think that when the light, when the world finally reopens and I'm back in the booth, I, I think we should um, play Into the Groove. I've never mixed that and played it for a live crowd, Into the Groove. Ooh. And it should. Yeah. It's popular. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that your the podcast that you have, your mm-hmm. remix podcast, because you recently just did a Halloween podcast. Yes. Um, and you found a way to work Madonna in there. Yeah. And you did Ghost Town. Yeah. Because Ghost, and it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, well, the theme of that was very, I called it Wicked. It's available on iTunes. Uh, but it's, it's, I wanted to explore kind of dark-themed music that, mm-hmm. that would fit Halloween. And it's not all, you know, Michael Jackson thriller and the Monster Mash. You know, right. I put some, like, you know, Sweet Dreams by the Arithmics yes. and... Um, you know, things like that. So I feel that that song is is kind of plays to the darker side for a lot of yeah. reasons, you know? It's a different topic, but yeah. No, I loved it. Um, and I was telling you, I have a, a Halloween mix that yes. I, of course, work Madonna into. Still waiting, waiting. Because um, I worked in Supernatural. Mm. Um, not the remix, just the regular version, because I feel like it... Not the Red Hot Dance kind of, version? No, <laughs> but uh, that's that's kind of w- what I liked about um, what you when you said you're kind of searching for the darker songs. I feel like I I tried to do that as well, but I also worked in you know like Thriller and Oh yeah, I yeah. did this mix back in like two thousand and one, but um, yeah, I gotta get that to you so you can you can check it out. Yeah, get it to the world, Wayne. You gotta put it out there. Well. Should be an addendum to this podcast. The world, the world doesn't want to hear that. They just want to hear Madonna. Um, as everyone should. But you know, I've never done a Madonna tribute mix because I'm so intimidated by not only getting it right by fear that, you know, she might hear it or, you know, the fans would just want it to be right. But just personally, uh, to do it justice, it would have to be perfect and what do you include and how what versions do you include my mind just gets like i don't know i've done a gaga mix that's strictly gaga and i think that's the only artist i've ever done i've done lots of theme mixes but i've never done a madonna mix sounds like a new project for you one day (laughs) um can you talk about the difference between between playing madonna now mm-hmm. versus when you played her maybe like in the 90s or early 2000s like is there a difference yeah um, sure is there something people respond to more um in the early 2000s it was you know we i think we touched on this in another podcast but it was you know thunderpuss and hex hector and you know um junior vasquez and those guys were just killing it and everywhere and um you know madonna was right up in there it was you know music um, when I think about those those times, Beautiful Stranger, Ray of Light, mm-hmm. um, some of those really big hits around there into like even like American Life and Hollywood um, was really like the, the, the height of that era. Um, and you could play those songs in the main set at the main time. 
And what's interesting about those times that I remember is if I played um, anything too old, like I threw in Open Your Heart or like a Virgin or something really crazy, you know, you would get what we call, uh, which is a DJ term, we call it the goose egg. The goose right. egg is like you clear the dance floor. Um, so you couldn't do that. But nowadays, um, if you want to throw in some like old school love, of Like a Virgin or Open Your Heart or Laisa Bonita I play a lot. Um, you can put that right in the middle of the main set and mix it in quite nicely with a lot of, you know, pop music today. Yeah. Um, and people live. People love it. Sorry, people. You're probably hearing some commotion. We're having... Um, it's a great microphone if they can hear that. Yeah. Well, I think they can because I, <laughs> I, I picked up a lot um, in our previous podcast, but there's someone at the door, so the dogs are barking and... Voices talking. Um, I do agree with you about my... My favorite remixes happen to be from the Like a Prayer mm -hmm. album um, and from the Erotica album. Um, and I know we were talking about, like, she would use those versions on the tour, like from Erot... There's an Erotica remix that she uses on tour, mm -hmm. um, deeper and deeper version that she uses on tour. Um, and then she started doing that she continued to do that throughout her career. It was, she's like made a career out of doing that. Um, so we typically always can expect that when she's on tour, we always think like, oh, what version is she going to do yeah. on tour? Um, she even did it with the most recent Madame X because the Crave remix. She mm. did that remix as... The last minute, I think, yeah. too. Like right before... Um, yeah, I don't think it was supposed to be the Tracy Young dance mix. I think it was supposed to be the, the album version, which I actually prefer. The album version to that. Um, it was kind of fun because most of the definitely most fun. of the dance songs that she had were more towards the beginning of that tour anyway. I feel like. But that song, it's um, it's probably my favorite cut on that. Really? Yes. So heartfelt and just fantastic. I love the video. I love the way she looks in that she video. She looks really good. She looks fucking video. awesome in that video. Um, but it's also worth mentioning that in her career, there's been remixes that were not always geared towards the clubs you know and and well they're always geared towards clubs but not necessarily like the gay stereotypical you know right. disco type clubs it's like the um howie t remix of human nature comes to mm -hmm. mind that was actually a really big hit for her um and was played really heavily on urban radio um for a hot minute um i don't know that she's ever quite had anything else like that that's kind of climbed up the R&B or urban charts. I think that's really the only one. Yeah, and I believe that version or a version of that version was on the MTV Party to Go. Yeah, it pops up in weird places. We were at, um, there's a bar here in Richmond. Um, uh, now I can't even think of what's the, the rooftop really high one. Uh, I forget. <laughs> Cabana. 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 And they had this, like, uh, really fantastic urban DJ who was just, like, killing it on, you know, several, like, real uh, turntables. And he was just mixing in and out of songs really quickly. And he threw in Human Nature. And one night I was there, I was like, wow. And that had to be, like, 2017, 2018. So, um, yeah, that, there are definitely songs out there that had their impact. And... Of course, there was remixes. We talked about it last time, especially with Something to Remember, where, you know, they were slow mixes or just reinvented versions mm -hmm. of songs. Um, but yeah, I think she's definitely probably the queen of remixes. Yeah, 
I would have loved, I, I, we talked about this when we talked about GHV2, but I feel like that would have been a great time instead of releasing GHV2, maybe like a two disc version of her best remixes or mm -hmm. new remixes. Um, and then maybe a, um, a companion DVD collection of her remix videos. Cause she would have remix videos, but they never really got played except maybe secret on MTV. Um, except unless you were at a club, like sometimes that's where they play those remix videos. Yeah. Um, while they'd be playing on the dance floor, they'd be on like the TVs everywhere. So, um, I wish you would have done that, but I know. Let's not forget the con Confessions was mixed together. Not, yes. it wasn't beat matched like you could dance. Um, but it was seamless without pauses and kind of bled and faded and stuff like that into one another, which unless you have that original CD and you put it into a CD player, you're not going to get that. What the, you and I had that, that talk in Outer Banks this summer is that none of the streaming um, platforms have that full version. Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought that up because that actually is a good parallel to You Can Dance. Like That's sure. the only other... Um, that's a good parallel because that's the only other compilation or collection of tracks that she has that integrates together um, with... You know, you can dance does it, but Confessions on the Dance Floor does it as well. Mm -hmm. And there's, um, those are the two kind of companion pieces. Um, so yeah, I love that parallel between you can dance and Confessions because Confessions, uh, the only difference between Confessions and you can dance is Confessions is all new music mm -hmm. versus you can dance, which is just a compilation of music. Um, but that's a really good parallel where they kind of the songs merge into each other and are a little bit more um, seamless uh, than most of her work, which really just kind of, you either have the fade out or the cold ending and then the next song plays. Um, unless you have, uh, unless you go to the streaming services, which for Confessions, it's, they have like the cold endings. Yeah. Um, uh, I wonder if it's on YouTube. I'm sure someone oh, yeah. has put that up. I mean, it's I forgot about it until you and I were talking about it when I was like, oh my gosh. Wasn't that mixed yeah. together? And some of them had some different beats in them. Yeah. Too. So jump. Yeah. Um, so if you have the CD version, uh, or if you don't have the CD version, you should get the CD version so you can hear the the seamlessness yeah. of confessions. Um, otherwise, you can listen to what's on streaming, and those uh, kind of have. What we didn't talk about with You Can Dance is mm -hmm. there are edit versions. So there was a promo that was released with just the edits um, of these tracks where you can hear them where they're not merged into each other. Yeah. Um, Why? We don't know. Just got scammed recently um, where I bought what was thought to be a, a, an official promo, but it wasn't. It mm. was just like CDR copy. Um, Ouch, that sucks. Yeah, and... The thing is, I don't mind like going to eBay and buying something that someone has put together um, really well, but this one wasn't. Not so much. <laughs> and it kind of made me mad. But at the same time, like it, it's great to have those edits. And perhaps there was, there was discussion of like, hey, we'll just put an EP out with just these kind of edit remixes um, where they don't merge into each other. I've always wondered if, if, if a fan did that, 
because I've never been able to find evidence that they, they were. Are you sure there's a promo that was released that? Because I'm just thinking like, why? Why would they do that? But I have them as I MP3s. Believe, I don't know where I got them. I believe it's it's real. Hmm. Um, although I don't know the source. We need corrections, people. <laughs> Some of you good people out there yes. have it or know. I it. did not do a lot of homework for this one just because. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I I like listening to this record mm-hmm. as is. So it's not like I I sought out. This isn't particularly like an era that yeah. I, that I seek out kind of like remixes the way I would do for like like a prayer or right erotica. Well, it was funny when we were talking about doing this podcast, and you were like, "Yeah, and I want to have you over the night that we're going to talk about compilations, and I want to throw in there you could dance." And I was like, "Yes." I was like, I love you could dance. It's one of my favorite things. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. And you're like, I don't know, it's not my favorite. <laughs> and even last time, I felt like you were like putting it off. Like we never got to it. We got too drunk and never talked about it. Um, but it's true Wayne and Joey fashion that if that if one of us doesn't absolutely love something, the other one probably does. I'm a huge fan. I do like it. I, I don't want listeners to get the wrong idea. Can I we play it tonight? Love, um, <laughs> I don't think the crowd would be. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, I like it. And I and I do love it. It's it's a part of nostalgia for me, mm-hmm. and I have put it on and just like listen to it while I'm doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not one that I avoid listening to, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seven different copies <laughs> of it, so you know I I do love it. Um, What's I great have... about this is if you do play it on streaming, whether it's Spotify or Apple, it will play like it plays exactly seamlessly. Just don't hit shuffle. <laughs> no, that would be a bad idea. But if you just hit play versus Confessions, that the way it's put out to, to the yeah. world is, is not. But it um, and let's not forget what is it? Oh, Father and Dear Jesse that were just mixed together for absolutely no reason. Da 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 da. That's right. Dun, dun. Why? I mean, it's great. It's artistic. It's dramatic. It's... Maybe she dun, she wanted dun, to have <laughs> she I don't know maybe there was a like I don't know something that she's gonna carry over from the previous record. So the but if you listen to like be... a prayer on the streaming, does it does it do that? Yeah, it does. Yep. Like just cut off if you if you're because that was they were both officially singles for her. They were, um, and on the promo version of Oh Father. It's the edit version, so it only comes in at the piano. It doesn't. It doesn't do the whole intro. Like oh, we were, we were, we were in we the had pool. This discussion. Yes, we did. We were in the pool cocktailing, and I was like, "Well, we got." Yeah, she does. She threw "Oh Father" on the thirtieth anniversary, and like, I don't know, what's a big deal? And you're like, "That's a big deal. It's different." <laughs> but yeah, I thank you for coming in. Yeah, this has been fun. Um, it's always fun. And if I. If I sounded like I didn't love You Can Dance. That's that's a lie. Send him hate it. mail, you guys. <laughs> Send him copies of it. He would love yeah, that. Yeah, you can tell me this podcast is trash and you're never listening to another episode. <laughs> I I won't have a problem with that. But uh, thank you again for coming by. And thank you for I having me. I would love to do this again. We'll, we'll figure out. There's my dogs. Um, nice outro. Uh-huh. But um, yes, we'll find a way to come back together and something else to talk about. I would love that. Madonna Thank you. Needed, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joey. Bye, guys. Bye.